Welcome back to episode five of Word. Word. It's your girls, Sid and Shay. We're back. Another episode in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, second one yet. Second one yet. Ready to take on the world. Oh. I mean, I'm I'm barely ready to like take on the, the state. I was going to say maybe like the city, the town. What if we talk about the we're neighborhood? Taking, we're taking on the world of literature. No, that's even more intimidating. Oh. Yeah. That's what, is that not what we're doing? I mean, we're taking on aspects of literature, one troop at a time. We eventually will take on the world of literature. We're, we're, we're slowly making progress. Mm-hmm. World domination is our goal. Make no mistake, please. Make no mistake, but just don't be surprised if it takes a really long time because <laughs> we are slow rolling. We are. Okay. But yeah, so we are excited that you are here you are back you've um, come back to us you've returned you have returned we're my s- abandonment issues have been healed we're still waiting on those uh, messages in our instagram inbox but no matter that's no worries it's fine fine we get it you're busy don't worry about it it's cool anyway guess we'll just die alone no worries sad sadness i'm guilting you is it working is i it want working? to work Anyways, oh, great. Cool. Well, so we've prepared a lovely episode for today. We have, and um, we want you to sit on back, get you a nice glass of tea or milk or milk, coffee, or I, soda. I distrust people who drink milk straight from a glass. I distrust you for that. Cindy's looking at me weird. I think you distrust me. Maybe I do. <laughs> I didn't before, but hey, I definitely do now. Sometimes when you have a nice chocolate cake you need some milk to go with it right but you wouldn't just like sit back with like a glass of milk would you like no chocolate cake no dessert handy just like uh oh yeah like pour myself a nice refreshing glass of milk i guess i don't do that jonathan does nah he's a milk drinker no but yeah whatever sit back (laughs) with your drink of of choice choice. yes beverage of choice and um we hope you enjoy this episode yeah All right. <laughs> so we are hopping into You Make Me Sick. And I'm going to start us off, as always, as usual, <laughs> with the trope um, Ugly duckling turns conventionally attractive. So this is what you often find in your rom coms, mm-hmm. your mandatory makeover montage. Oh, yeah. You know, those kind of things. What's the movie where, like, she descends steps and everyone's like, oh, my God, she's, like, actually pretty. What? I'm pretty sure that's, like, what, a Cinderella story or something? That or, like, I mean, maybe it isn't a Cinderella story, but I'm thinking, like, she's the man. She's the man. Yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking he's the man, but that's. I mean, he is the man. Well, no, that's the Addison Ray, the, like, the, the. The new version of it. Where, like, oh. Addison Ray turns a guy into like hot instead of Freddie Prince. Is that what his name is? I don't know. The guy who was Freddie in the live action Scooby Doo. Oh. He is in that movie and he turns whatever her name is into like pretty. I think that's what okay. you're thinking of. Yeah, it's that. She's all that. She's all that. That's the one. That's what you said. I said she's a man. Oh, she's the man. I heard she's the But that. I think you're right. She's all that. No, it's, yeah, she's all that. Yeah. Okay. I Did I say he's the man? Yeah. Wow. 
That shows you how aware I am. Now, this is a hot start to this trope. <laughs> okay. Getting us back on track. So, I'm going to give you guys a little history of this trope, which originates, well, what we've decided to call it, ugly duckling turns conventionally attractive. Um, it kind of originates from the Danish poet Hans Christian Andersen, who wrote The Ugly Duckling, mm-hmm. which, if you do not know, is about a swan egg that ends up in a duck nest. And when it hatches, everyone is like, this is the ugliest duck I've ever seen in my whole life. Oh my life. god. He is nasty, gray, Ugh. fluffy. A weird long neck. Weird long neck, just ugly. Mm. And he gets teased by all of his duck quote-unquote siblings. Mm. And... um. He goes through a, a spout of misfortune, mm. and eventually he grows up and turns into a beautiful swan, but doesn't realize it. He's actually really pretty, doesn't, you know, mm-hmm. see himself. And so when spring comes around, he sees a group of swans in a pond and is drawn, enamored by their beauty. Mm. And he finally approaches them, even though in the back of his mind, he's like, they're going to abuse or kill me. They're going to uh, be what? like, I'm so ugly. They're going to hate me. I forgot. This is also a cr- Hans, Hans Christian Anderson. Yeah. Type of tale. Yeah. So um, someone's going to die. But when I was doing my research, they did say that this is one of the few Hans Christian Anderson stories that nobody dies. So... Slow, cl- slow clap for him. A low bar, but he cleared A it. A real <laughs> low bar. Nobody died. Um, but he finally goes up to them, and um, they, to his surprise, they receive him as their own. And he finally looks at his reflection and sees how beautiful he is and how he is a swan mm-hmm. and looks like <laughs> them. And he finally finds the place that he fits in. Um this is what the original story is, um, but with this trope, a lot of the time, it's not that they discover that they are In fact, beautiful. A different species. Uh, I mean, that too. <laughs> I was gonna say it's not that they discover that they are like actually beautiful, just the way that they are, but that they end up changing themselves to appear more desirable to others. It's mm. so, like in this one, like yeah, he got beaut, like he quote unquote, you know, got beautiful, but. He didn't do it in the hopes of gaining approval for somebody else. He just grew up, became a swan, mm-hmm. and um, was able to find the people that he fit in with. But I think in a lot of literary or like literary works or movies and stuff, a lot of times it's that they change themselves to become beautiful to appeal to others instead of just like embracing who they are um while researching um i also found an example which is like an author self-insert which throwback to episode three sure yeah ebony darkness dementia ravenway that Mm -hmm. was that one so throwback to episode three when we talked about self-inserts go listen to that one that was a real fun one Mm. Um, that it said that this story, The Ugly Duckling, is based on Hans Christian Andersen himself. Um, that he was apparently Aww. a very unattractive <laughs> child, is what it said. And that he was bullied a lot when he was younger. Um, and becoming a beautiful Poor swan Hansy. 
Yeah, it was probably like wish fulfillment. He was like, I hope this is maybe one day I'll I... meet other people who look like me. And, yeah, you know, I'll Which... realize that I'm actually a beautiful swan. And I don't know how true this is mm-hmm. or where this comes from, but this article also said that he also believed that he was the illegitimate son uh, of Christian Frederick, who was the crown prince of Denmark, because Hans Christian Andersen was Danish. Okay. Um, so some believe that this story was symbolic for Andersen's acceptance from the royal family. Was he accepted by the royal family? I don't think he was. I, yeah. <laughs> so, and I don't know. Okay. This is a long time ago. They don't have DNA tests back this then. Is true. This so is true. So we don't know if he was. Mm-hmm. But the prince, I mean, the prince, his name was Christian. I mean, and yeah. His name is Hans Christian Andersen. But so. I mean, okay, we're talking about like a Christian nation in like the what, 1800s? Sure. I don't know the time period. I feel like Christian <laughs> wasn't exactly a uncommon name. <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to piece it together. He okay. was Danish. He was the, the in, guy was the prince in of Denmark. You know, they're in Denmark. Everyone's Danish in Denmark. That's not true. Most people in Denmark are Danish. Thank you. There Thank we go. You. It At was the 1800s. Time, there was probably slaves and people that didn't. Ooh, yeah, you're right. Want to be there? <laughs> Though I don't know. They probably. I feel like Denmark may have abolished slavery pretty early on. Earlier. Than I feel like we they did. were very so early progressive. in the 1800s enough i mean it's really the u.s that lagged behind on that one yeah like every european country was involved in the same trade to like some degree oh, but yeah. like the u.s was just holding out really really holding on to that one christian right to you know have slaves own people, people. so anyway yeah that was fun <laughs> um but i find that in a way this trope has kind of been like um kind of turned around and your phone off Sydney I'm sorry ah. I apologize it's Instagram's dumb notifications about here's people that you might oh know oh my god they do that to me too it's so annoying I don't care I'm like I don't care I go on here to doom scroll and that is and it. even if I did know them does that mean that I want to follow them exactly no most people on Instagram that I know I do not follow no I'm like, I don't really want to see this I want to look at dank memes and like ASMR videos of someone making a cake while like a Reddit story plays over it. True. And also <laughs> at Word Word Official yeah. on Instagram, you can find us and you'll get updates on when the next episode is. So if you're on Instagram, you should also follow us there. Shameless self-promotion. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, so with this trope, I feel like it's kind of been like um not transformed, but just kind of like turned away from, like I said, it being like, oh, you find out that you're beautiful just as you are and you find people that accept you to like you're ugly and you gotta do something about that to fix yourself so someone will love you because you wear glasses but once we take those glasses off and we straighten your quote-unquote unruly hair at the princess diary i was just thinking that uh then you'll be beautiful to be fair mm, that is a beautiful woman it's anne hathaway anne hathaway my dad's celebrity crush my celebrity crush. I mean, fair enough. That is a gorgeous woman. Gorgeous, gorgeous. Ella woman. Enchanted. Oh, huh. the devil wears Prada. Huh. Princess Diaries two and Adventurable three. Huh. Catwoman. Catwoman. And that latex bodysuit. Man. Okay. Man. 
Best I mean, what dreams also are made of. Halle Berry. And that latex uh, body. Halle Berry is also beautiful. Women are just beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> they really are. I think wasn't Catwoman, wasn't she? She was. She was okay. Catwoman one time. I thought so, but then I was like, wasn't Halle Berry also Catwoman? She one time? also was. There's okay. a lot of there have been a lot of Catwomen. God. Um, DC, get together. I mean, honestly, some may say I'm a Catwoman. Because I have four of them at home. <laughs> you are some sort of Catwoman, some yeah. Catwoman. Um, but anyways, it's become more of this like makeover montage like Mm -hmm. so examples that i've brought to the the podcast today are like i said um you know the princess diaries we all know that classic the two pictures of her looking quote-unquote ugly and they're like oh it takes a lot of work to turn this into a princess no it does not by the way you You have anne hathaway in glasses with some curly wavy quote-unquote unruly hair and you're like oh my god she's disgusting she broke she broke my brush First of all, you were not using the right brush to brush out her hair. And exactly. second of all, everybody knows, well, people should know mm-hmm. that with curly hair and with most hair, you start from the bottom and you work your way up. If it's Who tangled, that's how you do it. And you're supposed to be a professional? Excuse me? Hey, uh, just as an FYI, you're not a professional with hair if, if you, can you only work with one type of hair. And you can't brush hair. Come on. Whatever Come his name is in that movie. I have no idea. I don't care. I don't care. He's not even important. But anyway, that one, like we said, sh- um, she's all that. Mm-hmm. Not she's the man. Which I, there is I a montage. There is a makeover in that one where Lindsay Lohan turns from a girl into a boy. Right. Phys- like you know the Mulan type montage. The Mulan type montage to pretend to be her brother I out love of school. Mulan, by the way. Mulan is a great movie. And I have you know the Mean Girls with Lindsay Lohan. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why. It wasn't Lindsay Lohan, and she's the man. It. It, it was, was Amanda Bynes. Yeah, Amanda Bynes. I get them mixed up. I get it. Um, I didn't catch it at the time until we from up Mean Girls. So, yeah. Yeah. So in Mean Girls, she also does that in um, the Princess Switch, which is a Netflix Christmas movie. Okay. Of, but like they still they switch places. Um. Maybe that's not necessarily Ugly Duckling, but they do switch places to, like, appeal to whoever they're trying to date or whatever. Yeah. Um, a Cinderella story and also another Cinderella story with Hilary Duff and Selena Gomez, respectfully. Mm. Yes. Respectively. Respective. And respectfully. Respectfully. <laughs> and also respectively. Yeah. <laughs> Both of them. Both are true. We, we stand. Mm-hmm. Hillary Tuff and Selena Gomez. Yes. And then I like to add something that I don't think uh, follows this formula, um, which is, I would say, arguably, arguably um, more in line with the original um, kind of trope is Shrek. Because Princess oh, yeah. Fiona mm-hmm. becomes... She has like a reverse kind she of... She has a reverse kind of thing, and she becomes secure in who she is, like with this yeah. curse or whatever. Um, and it's more so, like I said, with the swan, not necessarily changing to become beautiful, but be, but was becoming changing... Becoming their more authentic self. Yeah, was becoming their more authentic self and found people that accepted them, the yeah. swans. Whereas in Shrek, you know, Fiona's like, oh, I'm so ugly, because um, no, I'm we'll- a... No, no one, one will love, love me, me. This way. but then she found Shrek, who was also her people, was also an ogre, and who she also loves, and who she also loves, and he accepted her, um, and you know probably preferred her that way because yeah, he's also an ogre. Mm-hmm. Um, so which 
Shrek is an incredible. I would love to do like a deep dive analysis, like two hour YouTube analysis. Let us know if you want us to do um, deep dive episodes on specific things. Because we would love to do that. Because we would love to do that. We like to get in deep. We like to get a shovel, you know, get in there, just dig, dig, find a dead body, call the coroner's office, keep digging. Keep on, just take him out. Yeah. Keep on digging. He'll be fine. Find some fossils. Make a lot of money. Mm. So then we strike can strike some oil, make strike a lot of money. some oil, make a lot of money, so we can um, keep the show going, get better quality or whatever. Maybe you guys want to see us. Maybe, maybe we're kind of cute. I think we're cute. You guys want to see us? We know it. It's okay. We know. We know. That's why you haven't reached out to us on Instagram because you're so you're so intimidated by us. But don't be. Don't be. It's okay, sweetie. We'll take good care of you. We may be strong, independent women. But, but we, we're, we're not intimidating. But we have a soft and gooey center. A soft and gooey center. Much like that dead body. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on how long he's been there. Oof. But anyways, yeah, Shrek is such a good, like, just... Anti-example of that? Yeah. It's like, but no, not even anti-example. Just like a, a more original like a more like a better example for like how it originally is of like the ugly duckling but like i said not not changing to appeal to people but finding people that who you know it's kind of like the whole you love as that you are. yeah like you as you are accept you as you are yeah and um, i think that's also like a more like emotionally mature kind of response as well yeah like becoming comfortable enough with yourself so that you don't feel the need to change yourself for others but rather you seek out people who like you as you are without having to change which i feel is why the kind of not bad example but the warped example is so prevalent in rom-coms because this are mm. this is teen oriented movies yeah. for the most part where it is in high school culture to change and adjust and you know mold yourself to the people around you yeah because like oh i, I like i want to be like the popular people or mm. i want to be like Oh, like, I want people to notice me, and they don't like me how I am now, so I have to change that. And that's, like, I mean, I I understand. And there are some times when, like, that can be okay. When you really do probably need to change a little bit. You yeah. Know? Like, if you have some, like, less than ideal behaviors going on, or you realize, like, people aren't really responding to me when I do X, Y, Z. Like, so maybe I should, you know, shift this around a little bit that's understandable but like when you're talking about like especially just appearance based like that's when i feel like we get into a lot of stickier waters yeah and it and it's one thing if it's like oh i let people walk all over me so i'm gonna be assertive that's not what we're talking Mm -mm. about yeah you should stand up for yourself yeah you deserve it you deserve better you do deserve better and i and i um support you uh, all the the whole way in your journey in your journey but like we're talking about oh everyone a thing that comes to my mind is I saw this TikTok about this guy talking about how why when I see all of these sorority um, videos and promotion stuff that like mm. everybody's blonde. Yeah. And I feel like that's a thing of like not that everyone who joins a sorority who's not naturally blonde dyes their hair blonde. But it's just like a weird phenomenon where you everybody is blonde and it's mm-hmm. like that's the kind of thing of like changing something physical about yourself to just to fit in you may look great as a blonde and i am happy for you mm-hmm. 
But that can be, that could either be your personal choice or there's a difference of like doing it just so that you fit in. And like what I've noticed too with like, especially sorority promotional materials is that it's not just that they're all blonde or have similar haircuts or whatever. Like they're wearing very, very similar outfits a lot of times, like a uniform almost. They're like wearing really similar makeup styles even. So Mm -hmm. like, you know, a lot of times you won't see people with like more bold, like, you know, a red lip on and like, you know, kind of that kind of look you'll see or like really bold eyeliner or something you'll see like a very specific kind of instagram you know influencer type makeup style yeah I guess is the only like I can everybody it. follows that one thing exactly um there's like a uniformity to it yeah um pretty culty yeah <laughs> we're not calling you a cult we're saying you have cult-like features there's some places. Sometimes you, sometimes places have cult-like features. You know, like the cult following of the Ohio State University. Like what? No. <laughs> like I'm saying, like well, first of all, mm. it's not Ohio State. It's the Ohio State. I did not know this. Yes. Don't you ever call it oh, Ohio God. State because I, people will come for you. Sydney, I, are you in this cult? I am not. Okay. I don't like sports, but I. Uh, I know, like that's a big thing. Like or like. I would say for any, like, you know, diehard sports fans, Mm. they can get a little cultish. They really can. Or, like, people, or, like, quote-unquote, like, cult followings for, like, certain directors. Mm -hmm. Or, um, things like that. So, we're not singling you out, sorority gals. We're just saying. um, We're just saying that sometimes uh, it's a little strange. Yeah. Not all sororities either, but like no, no, I no, feel no. like a lot of the major, big, influential ones definitely kind of follow this type of formula. And again, I feel like media has also um, influenced that kind of stereotype or influenced that kind of belief. Um, so if you want to combat that, uh, by all means, go for it. Please do. I would love to see like more originality within I was going to say cults within sororities. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to see more originality within these cults, you yeah, know? Yeah, more self-expression within these cults. Yeah, as long as it doesn't harm anybody. Cults. Cults typically like to do that. Um, But yeah, so I, I just, I don't know. I feel like this is such a rom-com trope. Um, like, right up there with, that's more Hallmark, but right up there with big business girl goes to small town <laughs> handsome farmer boy yep. and she leaves her whole life for him which i hate that trope really i do we should talk about that next episode i feel we like we should because i'll let you take the handle you on that shouldn't one. you shouldn't because here's the thing here's the thing it's always no matter if it's big time business girl or boy mm-hmm. whatever goes to small town the person in the small town never gives up their life to go to big city it's always big city has to give up their mm. life for small town yeah what's up with that is up with that i mean i think we kind of get into if we did do this trope we probably will i would it's on the list it's on the list but i'd say it probably has something to do with like that kind of idealization of the pastoral which is a common theme that we've seen throughout literature um mm-hmm. especially like older english literature of this you know Oh, these farmers are living such pure lives, you know. They get up and they farm and they do the little daily tasks and they go to bed. What a life. How innocent. How pure. One of nature. 
I mean, that's my perspective on it. But. To be fair, as someone ha- who has recently started playing Animal Crossing ah! New Horizons, <laughs> I'm telling you, if I could be a little gal with a house on an island running around catching fish, picking up seashells and selling mm-hmm. it to a little raccoon dude named that Tommy. Yes. Raccoon. Yes. And also taking digging up fossils and catching, you know, bugs and birds, I mean, bugs and fish and stuff and taking it to Blathers the Owl and him putting it up in a museum. I could do that all day <laughs> long. It sounds so nice. Mm-hmm. Like Minecraft. It's like, oh, you're just going to go around. You're going to mine some ores and rocks and take down some trees and build you a little house. You want to know something? If I did that in real life, I would hate it. I wouldn't build anything. I would lay down and cry and die because I can't catch anything. Uh I can't chop down trees. I wouldn't know how to make wood. Like, what is this? But there's been this, like, there's just this appeal of, like, survival type living. Which I feel like kind of goes along with farms because, like, whenever I play Minecraft, I love to gather up my little animals, put them in pens, and breed them, and have little baby sheep and stuff. That sounds like so- and farm, dig some holes, put some water in there, grow some wheat. Oh my gosh! I will say, I feel like we may have gotten a little bit off topic. Maybe, <laughs> but isn't that what a podcast is about? I'm gently considering buying a switch just so i can get animal crossing and play that because i've been wanting to play it since 2020 but your girl is poor and we've had to prioritize other expenses you need to it's i am so it's so fun and pure maybe we should have game talk um i really i've been watching a lot of like streamers play um the sims recently the sims i don't know why there's something like so calm about just like watching some people build their little house decorate it i'm like i want to do that i want to make like my little my little cabin in the woods where like i live with all like my poultices and like my herbs and my little like witchy gadgets and my cat and like you know just have a little stools yeah wherever all over back to ugly ducking ducking now um Ugly Speaking of duckling. ugly duckling, I can I can twist this back around. Mm. Where in Beauty and the Beast, that ugly witch comes up to the oh, door, yeah. knock knock knocks knock, on an eleven year old, ten year old's door, was and he he's he was because oh, the curse was for ten years. I think he was eleven at the time. Curse was for ten years because on his twenty first birthday, oh wow, the last petal falls. Okay, here's my gripe with Beauty and the Beast. First of all, oh. we're getting on this topic. We're getting off topic, but we're on this one. Okay, she knock knock knocks. Knock, knock, knock on this 11 year old boy's door. That poor he child. answers it. He sees this haggard looking woman, <laughs> okay, this out in the rain. Old crone. Yes, an old crone, haggard, nasty. She's out in the rain. She's probably dirty. He doesn't know. He's a little prince, okay? 11 year olds, those guys have the ego of Dwayne the Rock Johnson if he had an ego because he's a really nice guy. He's Humble. a genuinely nice guy. I love him. Anyways, and she's like, he has the ego of Maui, Dwayne the Rock Johnson's character yes, from yes. Moana. <laughs> yes. Yes. He has the ego of Maui. And he's like, ew, no, gross old woman. You're not coming in here. Mm-hmm. Which is a, okay, a random haggard crone comes up to a castle <laughs> And it's like, can I come in? No, go somewhere. So she... Does she not think that his parents taught him the whole, like, hey, don't talk to strangers. Also, And especially don't allow them in your house. He's also royalty. Mm. He's a prince. Mm -hmm. And she transforms into a beautiful enchantress, 
ugly duckling turns conventionally attractive mm -hmm. and then is like, huh, I'm beautiful. Why don't you wish you could let me in now? He's 11. He's 11. Well, first of all, what, why'd you want him? Why'd you want to come in? What you gonna do? You're an enchantress. You're telling me you couldn't like just entrain yourself some shelter? Like what? What is the point? Were you gonna bless him if he let you in? He's a prince. He doesn't need anything. And then you're gonna curse him, turn him into a beast for ten years, and he has to fall in love. What is this? What is this? This doesn't make any sense. No sense was made. Why did you go from ugly witch to beautiful enchantress? I will say another Disney-related kind of subversion <sighs> of this idea actually is Mulan, where like in the very like first beginning portion of the movie you have that whole tea shop scene mm -hmm. where Mulan is forced to like make herself into this very like feminine presenting you know very poised kind of person like, that she just doesn't feel marriage. comfortable in and she is beautiful but like she you know, doesn't feel comfortable with these aspects of femininity that like she's having to kind of play and portray to yeah, like win the, the makeup and the fancy yeah. dresses and all that kind of stuff but then later in the film when she has to pose as a man you know obviously she doesn't feel entirely comfortable in that role either but I feel like the kind of come together point of that movie is when she, along with her army buddies, go and like get into the palace, have to break into the palace to like protect the emperor from um, the like Han leader mm -hmm. and Hun. Hun, Hun leader. And um, to do so, they like use her um, like her feminine silk yeah. like stuff and like use these aspects of femininity that like she had initially been wary of and hadn't felt comfortable in but she made them her own mm -hmm. you know in order to protect someone that you know she cares about in order to protect her country and like in order to save her friends lives mm -hmm. and you know the same thing happens with the fan later in that same film where like when she's on the roof with the um I forget his name, but like the the Hun leader, mm -hmm. and he comes out with her with a sword, and she uses her fan. She doesn't have a sword anymore. She uses her fan as a weapon. You know, this aspect of femininity that like she has not felt comfortable with up until this point, and like uses it to get the sword out of his hands, pins him down to the roof. Mm -hmm. Mushu, her little dragon dude, lights, lights off of fireworks off and, and kills him. He kills that man. <laughs> Body parts raining and down. And saves China. Woo! Yeah. But yeah, people. I feel like that's another example of that. Where, like, she kind of had been considered an ugly duckling. Mm -hmm. Sang this whole song about, like, you know, how her reflection doesn't show who she is inside. Reflection show. And, like, the resolution to that conflict doesn't come from her being better at being feminine. But instead using making that femininity and those aspects of herself that, like, she did not recognize and not feel comfortable with her own. Mm-hmm. Wow. 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 So beautiful. Anyway. Have you got anything else about the ugly duckling trope? I had something in my thoughts, but I don't remember anymore. Oh. Whoopsies. No, it's okay. Um, if you remember it later, we can edit it in. That's true. Hey, we got magic at our fingertips. Do you want to rank it? Um, Does it make you sick? It's, it's a little annoying it's yeah. been done a lot i'm thinking like a five wow shay silence your phone did it vibrate it did vibrate i heard it sorry i want to stay informed uh the wall street journal happened to let me know that apparently oh <laughs> apparently oh that was like some tech stuff i don't care about that oh no it um but yeah i'd give it like a five like it's like like you know if it's a shrek or if it's a mulan or whatever and it's like kind of turning it on its head, flipping it around. Mm -hmm. um, that's good. But, like, the makeover montage, the 
ugly duckling to attract it like it's just been done so much yeah i think for me like the only time i really like this trope is when it's subverted yeah so i wouldn't rank it high at all i'd probably rank it like at a three because it like the trope itself just the straight trope Mm -hmm. no chaser just straight trope (laughs) knocking it back no chaser no mixer straight trope nothing disgusting disgusting gag inducing okay i mean it just it makes me sick it makes you sick (laughs) and hey you have that you you're you're entitled to that opinion thank you you're welcome okay so on to the grand event of course my trope um (laughs) okay i'm not just some opening act okay i'm not some appetizer Unless we're talking about fried pickles, because those are really good. You may may not be an appetizer, but you know what you are? A snack. (laughs) (laughs) That's what what we're talking about. Y'all, we want to make a lot of money. Y'all can see us. Mm -hmm. We're just setting the scene for y'all. We are setting the scene for you. Okay. So the trip that I want to talk about today was tragic backstories. Now, tragic backstories are a hallmark component of character building, both in literature, but moreover in any story be it fan fiction, as we've so often discussed on here, Mm -hmm. movies, TV shows, and even video games. But why is that? Well, according to Hannah Drathridge, and I don't know if I'm saying her name right, because it could also be Death Rages. Um, I would like it if it was Death Rages. It's probably Deathridge. Oh, Deathridge. Hannah Deathridge's article on (laughs) quote, the nearly complete guide to writing a novel dot net, which also, definitely wasn't the resor- first result that popped up when I googled, <laughs> why do so many characters have tragic backstories? Because why would I do that? Yeah. I have great research skills. Yeah, we don't do Wikipedia <laughs> or whatever our teachers told us in middle school. Yeah. But anyway, Hannah says that it's because, quote, it's interesting. It easily adds depth to a character and gives the audience something to empathize with. But most importantly, it immediately adds conflict. Whether that conflict is internal or external, the character that has just been introduced now has some modicum of conflict, and doing so propels the story forward. So, Hannah's hitting on two things here. One, that the character's relationship with the audience, and that the character's relationship to the actual plot. They're both affected by this. Defining and strengthening either of those relationships, but preferably both, is paramount to the strength of that character, and having a tragic backstory is a very quick and easy way to accomplish that. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I'm sure we all have had some level of misfortune in our lives. Seeing a character that reflects back that misfortune makes it somewhat easier to relate to them. It also adds a little bit of intrigue and depth as well. True. I mean, who doesn't love a, a dark, brooding man, you know? And you're not sure why he's brooding, but you like the fact that he is. And you want to figure it out, and it kind of makes him hotter. A little bit, yeah. It does. And I don't even like men like that, but yeah. Like Aragorn sitting in the bar, or the pub, or whatever, in mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings, I'm like... I'm like, what's got you so angsty? He's a strider or whatever. I'm like, oh, I don't know what that is. (laughs) I'm cozying on up. I mean, also a great example of that is Batman, who a billionaire playboy who fights crime in a bat costume. (laughs) It's weird and tired. But (laughs) when you add in the fact that he witnessed his parents' murders at a young age and has now steeped his life in fighting crime as a direct result of that trauma... The whole character makes a lot more sense now. But yeah. it also makes you care about the character a lot more. Yeah. I mean, it's a bit hard to find a billionaire relatable 
Um, at least Rue. for me. <laughs> it, I, I would say that's a very unrelatable kind of a situation. <laughs> yeah. But parental grief is something that a lot of people have either experienced or at the very least can imagine themselves experiencing. Mm -hmm. And by doing so, you know, imagining that experience, they're placing themselves into the character's shoes, thus strengthening the audience relationship with the character. Yeah. Now. Okay. I will say. All right. Play it <laughs> on me. This troupe does come with some, with some downfalls. Mm. I mean, the first, and I've kind of already hit on this a little bit in my introduction with it, is that it's done it's been done it's over a little over and done over and over again over and over and over again done um pretty much every story nowadays especially in comic books contains at least one character with a tragic backstory i mean batman superman daredevil like all of the x-men mm -hmm. <laughs> um literally everybody <laughs> the list can like go on for pretty much this entire episode uh but even outside of that medium, which is honestly pretty low-hanging fruit for this conversation, it's still pretty prevalent. Um, one, of my favorite, one of my favorite book series, which y'all can probably already guess, something you want to try? Six of Crows. It's Six of Crows! <laughs> <laughs> is it? I feel like I talk about it so much on this podcast that y'all might be wondering, is that book the only... Is that the only book that this bitch has read in her life? And you may... Be surprised that it's not. I was actually an English major at one point, y'all. Read a lot. Read a lot. <laughs> um, but, I mean, in that book, it's one of my favorites. I love that book so much. But, I mean, I'll just tell y'all right now. Um, only, like, two of the six pros actually have a decent relationship with their parents. And one of those kids had their mom die. And the other one was sex trafficked. Oh. So... You, you can kind of see what I mean there. Yeah. There's a lot of tragedy. <laughs> Tragic backstories going mm -hmm. around. Ooh, almost hit the heater. Um, when it gets to this point of saturation, though, you as, like, the audience member can almost feel like you're just waiting for the track of backstory trauma dump to hit. You know, and it can be interesting when it's done well. You know, when it's an interesting backstory. You know, when there's some kind of imagination involved in there as well. And mm -hmm. when it especially kind of brings together other elements that you've seen from the character thus far. But it also can be a little bit predictable. Yeah. I mean, we already did look at all those orphans, but... True. We got a lot of orphans out here, y'all. I mean, we already mentioned it, but... Oh my gosh, does Disney... Mm. Every single princess, mm. every single character has dead parents. Except Mulan. Except Mulan. That is true. But, like, you... It's, like, very often that you have at least one dead parent. Yeah. You can't have See, both. See, in Tangled, her parents were... <coughs> mm. You good? Can't talk. Got she can't in talk. My throat. Take Can I carry on yeah. what you were saying? In Tangled, though... Although both her parents were alive, she was separated or kidnapped from them at a very early age and then was abused for majority of her life in the tower by her kidnapper. Yeah, who she thought was her mom, but mm -hmm. was not. Yeah, or I mean, Hercules, who isn't a Disney princess, but, you know, he, uh, son of the gods, was... Also kidnapped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. Um... I mean, both his parents are immortal, but, you know. Both sets of his parents were alive. Yeah, exactly. So, but he was still, you know, 
taken from his original parents um, and then had to deal with trying to become a hero to reunite with his parents. And so there's still, you know, definitely probably some trauma there too. But it's like really common, like... And the fact, too, that, like, his super strength, he was ostracized from his community, like, the community that he grew up in because of that, mm-hmm. because of, I mean, he very much kind of fits the ugly, du- ugly duckling type thing. <laughs> he does. Ugly duckling turned conventionally attractive. Because but he, he didn't, didn't even turn it, well, he did turn conventionally attractive, but also it was because he realized that he actually isn't, like, a human, really. He's a god. Or yeah, a demigod. God. So. But also, I would say it's not... Um, like, he had that, I think it's a little different than, like, the boring version, because, like, he had powers and was also, like, able to, um, grow physically, um, and, like, meet the need necessarily. I mean, he was trying to fit in, Mm -hmm. um, in a way and change, but also, like, there was a goal behind it and wasn't just, it wasn't just to change to appeal to Right. The masses. It was more that was like, just a byproduct. It was just a byproduct. <laughs> that he had his own action figure, nope. sneakers, sh- m- drinks. And he's got his face on every base. I, I mean, every vase. vase. Excuse you. <laughs> yeah. Um, from appearance fees to royalties. That her has yeah, cash, cash to burn. burn. <laughs> now, new though rich and famous, he can, can tell, tell you, you what's what a Grecian urn. <laughs> so, that was a byproduct of his transformation <laughs> uh, such a good movie that's such a good song it is a really oh my good God. song honestly i think that that movie probably has like early disney movie disney renaissance movie has the best soundtrack the best of soundtrack. any of them yes my god 10 out of 10 the muses phenomenal Ooh. phenomenal phenomenal um but yeah i mean i brought them up in kind of that reference to i mean the original ugly duckling story where it is a thing of you know, he realizes that he actually isn't on him. He, you know, there's there's a difference there, and yeah. he doesn't need to resolve the difference, but rather find people who accept him. Who for accept who he him is. for it, yeah, yeah, true. So one other issue with this trope, you know, the tragic backstory trope, is that again, at a certain point of saturation, it starts to lose that relatability that initially listed as one of the book's strengths mm-hmm. or one of the uh, trope strengths. I mean, of course, like I said. Everyone has struggles in their life. I mean, everyone's got something. Mm-hmm. But when the cast of characters and their stories starts to feel like the most intense group therapy session in existence, <laughs> it starts to be a little bit contrived. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, it starts to feel a little bit contrived in some ways and takes away from both the relatability as well as the realism to an extent. Yeah. I mean, again, everyone's got something. But unless you're at a group therapy session for people who have suffered parental loss, mm-hmm. probably not everyone in a group is going to have a parental loss. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. And I think one other pitfall that can occur with this trope is that the track or tragic backstory isn't always reflected in the character's actions or thoughts. So, for example, you may have a character who lost their parents at an early age and raised themselves, essentially, but when they have no issue forming intimate relationships later and have a secure attachment style, it feels not quite right. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, um, and I'm not saying that this is impossible, you know, for someone to have this sort of trauma and then, you know, to, you know, be okay with forming relationships later in life. 
but I am saying it feels somewhat unlikely that a character or just an individual in general who's experienced a massive early childhood capital T trauma, capital T, capital T trauma, mm-hmm. would have no lasting results of that trauma. Highly unlikely, especially if they never like addressed or got help for it. Especially when it happened as a child. I was trying to think of a good example for this, um, and one of the ones that came up was Supernatural. Now. In Supernatural, the main characters are the two Winchester brothers, Sam and Dean. We mentioned them last episode. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) (laughs) But um, I didn't really get into the story there, though. But basically, uh, they lost their mom very early on. She was killed by a demon. Um, The yellow-eyed demon. The yellow... Oh, my God. Yeah, the yellow-eyed demon. Forgot about that core memory. (laughs) I watched Supernatural. I remember. You remember. Um... And, you know, their father saw this demon that killed his wife, almost killed his sons and him. And he decides, he has like a very Batman-esque story arc where he's like, I'm going to devote my life to finding demons now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, devote my life to finding that demon, but mm-hmm. also just killing every other supernatural Entity. creature that's out yeah, there. Yeah, exactly. Which, I mean, sure, fair enough kind of came at a cost to his sons though in which they didn't really have a stable childhood they were always like moving from hotel room to hotel room from Raised job their to job sons as warriors and mm-hmm. soldiers rather than children yep 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 mm-hmm. was kind of neglectful and absent mm-hmm. from at least what we're shown in the show and yeah they do talk about a little bit the characters sam and dean about their childhood and they do have very differing i think kind of ideas and memories of their father which yeah. is really common in sibling relationships in general but especially when there is an abusive and neglectful parent involved and especially when the older sibling is responsible for raising mm-hmm. the younger sibling yeah. as well and dean especially earlier on the show really idealizes his father you know he um wants to really just earn his love mm-hmm. and uh, let me tell y'all son if you have to earn your parents love that's not actually parental love. No. Because parental love, from at least what I understand, should be unconditional. I've, I've, I've heard, I saw something or heard something that said that, like, my children shouldn't love me unconditionally because, like, there are conditions like me providing for them, taking care mm-hmm. of them, you know, being a good, like, a being a good parent. But, like, parent, like, parental love is probably at its core unconditional because, like, this is a child that you brought into the world but I saw something that was saying, like, if you fail to love them or you fail to take mm-hmm. care of them or you fail to provide for them, like, that, like they're not going to love you unconditionally because there were conditions mm-hmm. for you to, like I said, provide for them, take care of them. Exactly. Um, so it's like, you don't- yeah, Dean, you know, had this fantasy or had this idea of who their, of who their father was. Mm-hmm. Um, like you said, like, just wanted to be like him, wanted to get approval from him. And I'm not even saying, like, that is a bad kind of handling of this, yeah. right? Because that's common. That happens. That's not unrealistic. <laughs> Sorry. Um, My I- mom just airdropped an image to me that says, cats are like potato chips. It's hard to have just one. <laughs> and then also texted it to me as well. She really wanted to make sure that I got this image. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Uh, 
And how the pages titled Black Cats are just miniature panthers. <laughs> and also, it's a Facebook screenshot. But she it? had the option to share it and said, screenshot it and sent to you by via airdrop and message. Oh, gotta love her. I adore your mom. Gotta love her. Shout Generally. out to Trish. Shout out to Trish. <laughs> um, Anyways, Dean and his horrible relationship with his father. Yeah. I'm not even saying that, like, his idealization of his father is kind of a sticking point for me on, like, how I don't think this was a good handling of trauma, of at least early childhood trauma. I think my issue comes more from a story perspective of how, um, spoiler alert for the Supernatural finale, which, look, if you haven't heard about it and you haven't seen it, you're... Whatever, you'll be fine. There's also like 17 seasons, so it's understandable if you haven't seen it. I doubt you're going to actually watch it. Mm -mm. Here we go. But in that, after Dean dies, he uh, goes into the afterlife and he spends his time in what is presumably heaven. um, And his father's there. And he's just hanging out with his father. Now, this is weird. I feel like it completely negates the tragic backstory. That, and it also, I think, negates his character development. Yeah, because he he grew to realize, like, hmm, my father wasn't all that I thought he was. Yeah. And, like, wow, he did some pretty messed up stuff to us. Exactly. Exactly. So it's just that kind of thing, where the tragic backstory becomes a crutch to create conflict and to create interest and create intrigue but has no real consequences for the character because like you could i mean you could have both of them in heaven um you know and maybe, also maybe during all of this cast is in super hell for being gay <laughs> <laughs> hey he is an angel which the lord made so i don't know how that's his fault um, yep <laughs> but um great great yeah yeah but it's like you could have it to where like oh they both get to heaven they hug it out because like oh father and son but then they go their separate ways or whatever it is but like to have it be like oh it's like everything is fine again exactly also to not have the mom there i think that's a great really strange that's a great point um i feel like it'd make more sense to him for him to reunite with his mother Mm -hmm. because he was what four whenever she died and so he loves her and like has these fond memories faint memories of her but it's Mm -hmm. like it would make so much more sense to have him reunite with his mom yep um yep Uh uh-huh so that is really weird it's so strange it makes no sense to me and like i just brought this up as like a mishandling of tragic backstory i'm not saying that the backstory itself is bad or cliche although there are some out there that do exist that are kind of bad and cliche i don't really want to get into that like this is just a bad handling of it Mm -hmm. in which i feel like the writers of the show didn't really care as much about being honest to dean's character and what they had laid out for him but more like more a fan so, service. I, it wasn't even really fan service, I feel like, because the fans fucking hated it. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> maybe it's a writer service. Maybe that's what I they think they just wanted to tie up neatly and be done with it. It's the sense that I got. There were a lot of seasons. There were a lot of seasons, y'all. Understandable. But, um, I'll say the way that they killed him. I'm, anyway. <laughs> Re- doesn't matter. I gotta cut myself off. Um, um, but that's a bad example. 
Yeah. One example that I did want to get into that I think is a really good one um, is Avatar The Last Airbender. Ugh. Which, whoo, love that show, y'all. It's perfection. Love that show. Everything about it is perfect. I have watched it too many times through. Whoo, it's a good show. But um, hey, it, it gets you every time. Every time. It's never a bad time. Tales of Ba Sing Se Ugh. with Uncle Iroh leaves from the vine. Mm. You know the scene? Mm-hmm. You know the scene? Mm-hmm. Appa's Lost Days. Oh my gosh. Come on. Come Secret on. Tunnel. <laughs> Secret Tunnel. Through the mountain. Um, the episode um, where they go, isn't that when they go to the, the library in the desert? And Yeah, it was like the, the and the Sean library. The and one like, where Sokka has the cactus juice and he's like, it's a giant mushroom. <laughs> and he's like waving his arms. Mushy, mushy room. Him and Momo are like get your high as a juice. Get your, it's, <laughs> the quenchiest. it's the quenchiest. It's, he's high as a kite. Um, yeah. Just such but so also, many good moments. Even before that, and the episode before that, of like the, they're in like the Quishan Desert or something. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, um, you know, Toph doesn't decide to go into the library because she can't read and she's like pointless, whatever. I'll stay yeah, out here and Understandable, she's blind. Yeah, so she's out there with Appa. And then the tunnel or the um the library tower starts sinking. And, and she's this, an earthbender in the sand child. and can't feel can't see anything because she, she uses like earth vibrations to like see her. But or, the like, sand is always shaking and moving, so she can't see anything. She, and she has to yet. choose between saving her friends and saving Appa because Appa's getting kidnapped by sandbenders oh who are going to traffic him. It is just and and she's guilt. crying, trying to like keep her friends alive, and Appa's being taken from behind her. The guilt. It, oh. I, I feel guilt. I can't. I can't even do anything. I'm like, I, if I was there, I could help. And Aang, I love him, but he is so angry. And she's like, "What do you want from me? You want me? I could. You want me to leave you guys for dead? I'm. Tr- I. Huh. And, but at the same time, Aang is so distressed about Appa because, truthfully, Appa is the only person from his cult, or like only being from his culture that has survived. He is the Where only piece Momo? of his. Well, Momo was at the air temples as well, but Momo wasn't alive when Aang was for the true, first true, true, time. True, true, true. So because Appa's, they were frozen together. Exactly. Because he and Appa were frozen together. He is the only person that existed, or thing that exists, or entity, being, creature that exists. From his time when he was... Before the, he was frozen. Before the entire airbending nations were wiped from the Before earth. the airbending genocide. The genocide. Call it what it is. It's a genocide. It's a genocide. Who? But what I want to talk about with this is that... Oh, yeah. Tragic backstories. <laughs> this is, every single character in this show, pretty much, has some sort of tragic backstory. Mm-hmm. I mean, at least every main character in this show. You, know, you have Sokka and Katara, whose mother was murdered by firebenders in a siege. And her dad. And, and they discovered her dead body. True. Um, their father, whose wife was killed, and then went out to, like, you know, wage war against the Fire Nation, but also, in doing so, abandoned his children. Never came back. Never came back. Um, I mean, he loves them still, and, like, it was made He's alive. And, like, he he does love them, and yeah. he, I don't think he meant to do anything harmful to them, but that still had an impact on them growing up. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a part of parenting of, like, oh, you think you're doing the right thing, and maybe you are, but there's, there's also, like, stress on Sokka as the only mm-hmm. man... Yeah, the left to take care of a whole village. Mm-hmm. Um, Aang, whose entire culture and nation was wiped out. Genocide, like we said. Yep. Um, 
Zuko. That poor, poor baby Zuko. I love you some Zuko. That's Zuko so much. I know. Toph is... Wait, do I want to get into, like, Zuko's? I don't know if we have enough time for that. Basically, this poor boy, he's got some daddy issues. He has some real, daddy issues, some mom issues. Oh, his mama. His famil- he just has familial I issues. Even, I don't even know how to map it out for them. Basically, you see that nasty scar on the side of his head if you look him up on Google Images? Please do. His, his dad father did, that did that one. <laughs> because he tried to do the right thing, and his dad was like, okay, well, we're going to fight. And he's like, I don't want to fight you, dad. And the and dad like, didn't care. And he's crying. Like, in this duel to the death, this 13-year-old child is so sad is and bowing, he's crying. crying from his father, saying, please, father, I make no disrespect. Please, you know, I don't want to fight you. I refuse to fight you. And his father says... He reaches out to the side of his face with his hand, cups his cheek. Like, you think he is a loving father or something. No, no, no. Ha! No, he's he not. Just burns his son's eye and face. But it was like something like, let this pain teach you honor or something like that. Yeah, something like that. But anyway. That show has so many tragic backstories, but it does a really good job of balancing them all. And making sure that the tragic backstories actually relates to the characters mm-hmm. and their conflicts. Mm-hmm. I mean, Zuko... Is on this quest of for honor, you know, involving capturing the Avatar because he's told that's the only way he can get his father's love. He can earn his father's love. Which we just said with Supernatural that you do, you should not have to earn it. If you have to earn it, it isn't love. It isn't love. Anyway. Um, but he's doing that and love isn't transactional. It is not. And, you know, it, it just kind of gets into this whole idea. And, like, unlike Supernatural, he eventually has this revelation of, oh, my father's a dick. And He's the show awful. treats him as such. Yeah. Unlike Supernatural. Mm-hmm. Mm, side eye emoji. Yeah. We're disappointed in Supernatural. Anyway. But, yeah. So, that's Tragic Backstories. Overall, I would rate this trope pretty highly. Because I do think that when it's used well, and although, again, it is oversaturated, mm-hmm. I realize this, I acknowledge it. But I like the angst. I enjoy the it angst. Does, it does add a good degree of angst. Um, one that I was going to mention real quick when you were talking about Batman oh, yeah. um, was Arrow um, with Oliver Queen, who is oh, yeah. a billionaire playboy. Um, we know how easy it is to relate to billionaires, right? Oh, my God. They're one of us. <laughs> they live among He's us. just like me, for real, among for real. Us. For real, for real. But, like, I feel like... The tra- which, I don't know. I feel like the tragic backstory does not equate to m- the same level for murder. Wait, what? Because he's on a boat, right? Oh, yeah. With his dad. Boat goes down. His dad dies. He gives his son this little book that's like a hit list. Uh, what? Yes. Um, It's found out later that, like, he got on this island... And he learned how to hunt. To clarify, is this the TV show era or yes. the comic book? Okay, TV so show. The, the comic book is, is different. Gotcha. It's the TV show era. Yeah, um, it's TV show. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and so he um, he was, like, struggling to survive. And he, like, met these people. He ended up going to, like, this... Pri- I don't know. This whole thing. <laughs> but eventually he learns how to be a real good shot with a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. And he comes back. And then he starts killing people on this hit list, right? That his that his father gave him. Mm-hmm. I don't think that backstory justifies any amount of what happened, uh-uh. because like eventually, 
he Half decides that he's gonna um, not kill people anymore. Mm-hmm. He's just gonna like, I guess, tie him, like catch him, tie him up, you know, just you know, get him yeah. to the police. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like I don't feel like, and I get the what he says. It's like, oh, while he was gone, like crime began to run amok because he was gone for like he was missing for five years um i feel like one person's absence wouldn't lead to like such a large jump in crime statistics but maybe that's just me yeah (laughs) i do not know anyway though but it did apparently apparently and so because he's like a he's like he there's his family is like a big like business like queen consolidated but it's not like they're like the mayor Mm -hmm. so um but yeah, in season two, he vows to no longer kill. But I'm like, you getting stuck on an island, you know, going through some stuff. Your dad died. He gave you a hit list. And you're just like, okay. I feel like that has no kind of like, it doesn't doesn't relate to like Batman. Because like, at least with Batman, there's like a lot more of like actual villains mm-hmm. and like superpowers. Yep. And like Gotham is like the worst place on earth um is that mauled after like new york city yes <laughs> it is i think but like i don't know i just i just don't feel like that's a like a tragic backstory done well i feel like I it doesn't like it doesn't yeah. it, it doesn't the scales aren't equal yeah i mean i haven't watched the show but like from what you're telling me yeah that doesn't check out yeah it's okay so but, how would you rate it i would also what did, did you give it a number i didn't give it a number yet i would rate it like a eight you know, I think it would go the same way. Maybe like eight and a half if I was feeling like a little a little nice that day. But I do love a good tragic backstory. I mean, I, like I you think said the it, dark, the brooding, the mysterious. It's yeah. it's really intriguing. It's but really again, good. It can be mishandled sometimes. It can be bungled. Um, and I also do think there is a little bit of an oversaturation of it too. Yeah. Like, give me some boring characters, please. Like at least once with, with <laughs> loving parents. Oh my god, you know. Hey, people with loving parents can have issues, too. Yeah, but that doesn't include dead parents or bad parents. But yeah, that's what I'm saying. People with loving parents can also have issues. Yeah. yeah. We can we can also have fun adventures. Of course. Yeah. We don't have to be sad all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, we're back for our ever favored yes what yes yes um our ever favored segment called red light green light where we red light or green light prompt ideas for things for books for for movies movies, for tv shows it doesn't matter for epic who cares nothing matters (laughs) everything is on the table everything everything every single thing all right so, the prompt that I've chosen today from our lovely list of prompts, by the way, if y'all have prompts, can you send them to Please. us? Because we're kind of running low over here, so, like, it would be helpful. If you just have a thought that you think might make a good movie, literally book, just send it. Just Please. send it. Please. At wordwordofficial at gmail.com or oh. at wordwordofficial on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Either one works. Either one works. Either one works. Thank you. Anyway, so the prompt says, <clears throat> a villain falls in love with a hero purposely loses every fight because the villain doesn't want the rivalry to end. One day, when the villain is being arrested, another villain comes and starts a fight with the hero. One that he can't end. <gasps> the drama. The drama. I really like this. 
I mean, it's an immediate enemies to lovers. Personally, I would kind of prefer it if it was flipped a little bit. Um, so, like, it was the hero who kept starting fights with the villain. Or, like, the villain was starting fights, but, like, the hero was also enjoying it. And then, like, one day, like, the villain, like, another hero comes in. Okay. And, like, it's going to, like, capture the villain. And he's I, like, oh, shit, buddy. <laughs> I like that a lot more. Like, I, I like, I would like for it to be a villain that falls in love with a hero. Mm-hmm. But it's that the hero well i don't know i don't like it so much as like i feel like it makes i feel like it's more cliche of a hero falling in love with a villain than a villain falling in love with a hero but i'm saying what if like they are both in love but so they're both they're both starting fights with with each other other. yeah so like you know the villain's like you know causing a ruckus and Mm -hmm. it's like oh no Who's the territory? Who's gonna stop me? Who's gonna stop me? Could it be you, Hunky Man in Tights? Yes. And then (laughs) Hunky Man in Tights goes, Oh darn, this villain is really back at it again. Or like on some occasions, like the hero is like, Oh man, I figured out where a secret layer is. Guess someone has to raid it. Uh I guess I should go see what evil deeds he's up to. And their psychic's like, I'll come with you. And they're like, No, 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 no. It's okay. It's too dangerous. It'll be a solo mission. <laughs> exactly. Yes. But then, yeah, I like it more of a if a another hero comes exactly. in than if another villain comes in. Because I think that creates more drama of that like does. the hero having to be like, "Ooh, I have to." How am I going to explain this? Because it's like with a, if it's like a villain fighting another villain, it's like yeah, they're both bad guys. That's like the point. But if it's a hero fighting another hero, mm-hmm. it's like oh oh shit. Snap. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I thought we were both fighting for the greater good. Why are you trying to stop me? Or, like, he's trying to be like, oh, no, 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 don't detain him. And they're like, why wouldn't we detain him? When he is, like, out here causing ruckuses. Okay, but my thought is, what kind Mm. of ruckuses could he be causing that's not super damaging? Okay. Like, you know, with... Take, like, Poison Ivy, for example. Okay. She's, like, basically um, a... Oh, what's the word? Environmental terrorist. Yes. Um, like, like, the Unabomber. Was the Unabomber? Was no. He? Who was the bomber? I mean, he used fertilizer, but I don't think he was a... Hold environmental on. terrorist. Hold on. Continue. <laughs> but, like, I... From my recollection, at least, or at least the Harley Quinn cartoon on HBO... Okay, yes. She isn't out here, like murdering people but like she is out here causing like destruction of like you know factories or like corporations and like that kind of thing so i feel like a villain doesn't necessarily have to like be harming individuals and like a brutal murdery type way for them to still be considered a villain because ultimately a villain is one who opposes a state i feel like Mm -hmm. um and who opposes the systems that govern said state like capitalism Yes. So I think that a villain doesn't have to necessarily be harmful to others, or at least to other innocent individuals, or innocent individuals in general, for them to be considered a villain. Okay, so, it was the Unabomber. Oh, shit, really? Um, the Unabomber's manifesto and campaign of terrorism reflect views and goals that have been espoused espoused within the radical environmental movement for many years. The anti-industrial ideas of this movement ignore the beliefs of technological advanced societies over primitive cultures. So he was very... Villainous. Very what? Villainous. Yes, he did. Murder people. people. Three people. And he would like, he would like mail bombs um, and they would have like shrapnel and stuff in it. 
Um, Who was the one with the fertilizer that like tore up that building in like, oh, the Oklahoma City bomber? That's the name. Yeah, Oklahoma City bomber. I don't think he has like a like he doesn't yeah. have like a fancy name. But yeah, the Unabomber um, was an environmentalist um, who, um, yeah, he was. So was the Unabomber the one who um, he was finally? caught because his, his brother, brother mm-hmm. happened to read his manifesto and was like oh well, he shit, happened buddy, to I read this guy. something and he was like mm, that is my brother that sounds like ted like, to me yep ted kaczynski that's him all right yep yes um yeah so but so kind of like a yeah i could see that like poison ivy type mm-hmm. dealio because i was thinking like what's something that like is like maybe you could like go and kidnap a political figure or something exactly. and like let them go. Like don't really do yeah. any harm to them. Be like, tell me where or like, tell me where the codes to the Or even if like they are. did harm them a little bit, you know, rough them up some, they could still maybe like it turns out this political figure who is revered at large is also a really shitty person. So like many political figures. Yes, exactly. Who are like involved in like child sex trade or something like that. I cannot think of a single political figure who Never was heard of him. involved in human trafficking. In human That's trafficking, really rare. Or went to any specific island for that purpose. <laughs> Do not name names. We want you alive. True. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Don't get too specific. But yeah, I mean, I guess I yeah, I could see that. Um, That's what I think of. Like, if I were to like, you know, or try to. Like write this into a story like how like what kind of crimes would i have them committing um, i feel like we're like brainstorming really good yeah. for this so like um, i'm into it or like blowing up the sewer system and like having um them create better public infrastructure public infrastructure <laughs> or like an e like an emp going off and like ruining all the cars so they have to figure out a way to like make trains and like like you said like infrastructure or something yeah make we're onto something. The Unabomber? Maybe he was. On. <laughs> so, well, I won't go that far. <laughs> um, but, like, or uh, another example could be um, I mean, back in 2008 with the uh, Wall Street uh, protests. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm, yeah. Mm-hmm. So people they were really villainized in the media because, you know, ultimately they were like, would maybe hold up traffic or like would make it hard for people to like get into their jobs. And rather than, like, that being reflected on the corporation, that was reflected on the individual workers. Yeah. So there was a resentment growing within that. And they were villainized with the media and by um, people who were just trying to get to work because they created an obstruction to that path. Even though their intentions were not necessarily villainous in nature, they were fairly righteous. In my opinion, at least. Yeah. And they could just, they could just like, pay people um, a bunch of money to do, like, just annoying stuff. Yeah. Um, instead of, like harmful things or how maybe even like they were falsely accused of doing some more heinous crimes that they didn't actually commit because they already had a bad rep in the media and by other superheroes for being like you know such and such type of way and then when like something actually did happen they were blamed for that even though they didn't actually do that or at least intend to do that like a megamind exactly like a megamind it all comes back to megamind you know (laughs) top Notch movie. I love that movie. I actually haven't seen that. <gasps> I know. 
How dare you? I've watched so many video analysis on Megamind that I feel like I've seen it, but I haven't. No, you just have watched to. It. You have to watch it. I know. Take it in and all its glory. Okay, on my to-do list. Because I was gonna say like something that I thought of uh, was um, not Megamind, but what's his name? The hero. In Megamind. Yeah. I just thought I haven't seen it. <laughs> You've watched so many video analysis. I feel like I've seen it. Isn't that what but you I just said? I haven't actually done so. You have seen it and you don't know his name either. Yeah, because it's not that important. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Captain Chin or whatever his name is. <laughs> Captain Chin. Um, so, Meteor, Metro Man. Metro Man, that's okay. his name. And um, so, he like is tired of this like cat and mouse hero thing. Mm-hmm. So, he like fakes his death. Um, so he, like, has, like, a skeleton that he, like, like a, I'm assuming a fake skeleton, mm-hmm. that he, like, puts, like, a his cape around, and this observatory, like, explodes, and he, like, fakes his death because he's, like, so tired of, like, the whole thing. He, like, goes mm-hmm. and just, like, grows a beard, just chills out in his place, plays guitar or whatever. Um, and so it's, like, it could be of a, it could be the a whole thing of, like, faking crimes or whatever yeah. like want like wanting people to think they're a villain or mm-hmm. whatever it is um or even like magneto and the x-men like he's technically an anti-hero even though he's true. like a villain quote unquote because ultimately like he and uh professor x charles xavier have the same goals yeah right they're both aiming for the um what's the word opposite of oppression freedom yeah. yeah, basically. Acceptance? Yeah, of mutant kind. Right? Yeah. Acceptance, like, yeah. Yeah. Um, there's a word for it, though, that I'm not getting. But anyway, um, but he's aiming for that. They both are, but he goes about it in ways that are considered um, villainous, you know? Like, it's, I mean, the characters themselves often compared to uh, MLK uh, versus um malcolm x you know mm-hmm. who both had the same liberation liberation mm-hmm. who both had the same goals of liberation for black americans and yet went out in different ways and one of which was condemned at least partially by the state and the other was villainized by it mm-hmm. um so yeah huh yeah i think i think it's really i think i, I like it I like this trope. I mean, I like this um, prompt a lot. I think, mm-hmm. it, I think it's really cool. Yeah, and I think that would be also interesting to explore. Like, I bring a lot of this back to politics. And I apologize. You're a sociological. I mean, my degree is in political science. That is true. Um, that would make sense. Yep. So, of like exploring the kind of inner politics within superheroes and, you know, kind of what that means, relationship to the state. And also, yeah, my iPad just died. Um, <laughs> Um, and also how those personal relationships play into, you know, their quote-unquote job mm-hmm. and how that works. Kind of like The Boys. I've never watched Actually, it. Actually, exactly like The Boys. I had that same thought. And I really... Same I've, brain. <laughs> just vibrating really, really fast back and forth. <laughs> I think it's... I, I've, I've heard such good things about mm. it. And I've been meaning to watch it. I give it a watch. Um, In season two, there's a great scene of... Um, three women just going to town in a Nazi. So I highly recommend. You know, I, that's all you had to say. Yeah. That's really it. It's on, it's on Amazon Prime, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I would green light it. Yeah. I mean, I would 
green light, green stamp, I would like executive produce it, okay? <laughs> oh, you got that kind of money? Once we find that oil, <laughs> we dig it up out of the ground. <laughs> Once we find these fossils, and sell them to a museum. And send that dead body to the coroner's <laughs> office. Because <laughs> then maybe there's a reward out or more information about the dead body about the dead body yeah so then we could get that and uh -huh. then we could then we could get the you know, oil money get the oil money we could use the money from the dead body to, to oil to oil to fossils yes well well fossils dead body fossils oil well we dead body to That's get the money to get the thing that takes the oil out of the ground the oil rig yeah and then we use the and then while we're waiting on the money from the fossils, because we have to go send it off, they got to yeah. review it. There's going gotta... to be a whole process. Yeah, 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 yeah. But we use that money from the reward mm -hmm. to to get the oil rig going. And so we have the... some passive, yeah. so we have some income, yeah. passive income. Well, not passive. Uh -huh. We out. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the oil money would be passive for us because we're not doing the actual labor with it. No, I pay somebody else to do that. Exactly. That's what you do when you're rich. Uh-huh. You don't do anything <laughs> yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, good. Are we the super villains? <laughs> Are we that bad though? I would love to be a super villain with you. What would our super villain name be? Sip the squid. No. <laughs> Cause the oil, the ink. Yes. <laughs> Imagine having squid powers. That'd be so sad. That'd be so lame. Eight arms and you can ink. <laughs> or six. Know that, is it squid or octopi? Six. That have that squid have beak. beaks. Yeah, beak. Yeah. A little hard chopping beak, you know. Stay back from me, I'll chump you. Yeah, but that'd, that'd be ugly. Ugly, definitely conventionally attractive. How do I make myself look better? Maybe it's like a, a transformation type of superpower where, like, you don't always have the uh, beak. You can, like, turn the like beak. Like the werewolf. Like a werewolf. Okay. Yeah. Full circle. Full circle. Wow, okay. <laughs> what would my superhero name be? See, mine comes naturally because I said the squid. Uh huh. I need time. My brain is not. Shady Shay. Shady. <laughs> <laughs> is your is your is your superpower just being shady? I have powers of the night. I can cloak myself in shadow. No, no, no. You don't have powers of the night. You have powers of shade. <laughs> you can cast <laughs> shadows of like hide in them, come out. Maybe maybe I can like make the shadows do my bidding. Like a Peter Pan. Yes. Oh yes. my gosh. <laughs> So for my trope, I went not the superhero route, but the murder mystery route. There are only two routes you can choose from. Superhero. We each have two wolves inside of us. One is a villain. One is a superhero, and one is a murder mystery. Duke them out. Duke them out. Put them up. Put them up. Anyways. Anyway, a murder mystery. The prompt is a murder mystery where everyone believes that they are each responsible for a death, and they. All are trying to cover it up. So it's like a reverse knives out. I thought of knives out when I heard this prompt. I enjoy it. She I love like it. it. I'm gonna go love. She likes it. I like it. So I think it would be better if none of them were the actual murderer. Oh yeah. And, but they all think that they did it. I mean, so kind of a Knives Out, actually. Yeah. Well, I was going to oh, say, I, I don't want, want it to it. be like... Have you seen Knives Out? No, not yet. Okay. It's okay. Um, I don't want it to be like one of them is a murderer, because mm -hmm. I feel like that's what 
it's tired. It's been done. It has been done. Not necessarily that everyone thinks they did it, so they're trying to cover it up, but that one person, like, it's not that one person in this group of people is the actual killer. It's right. that one person that isn't in this group is the killer. I like that, yeah. So I think it'd be like... It's a surprise. Yeah, so it'd be like one person, like, but like, there's that one person that's like always around. Yeah, I was about to say, because you would have to show them to the audience. Yeah, you'd have to give them clues. Right. But I'd say like, so maybe there was one person and they made them tea that morning. Mm-hmm. And they, like, they put creamer in their stuff but maybe like they think that they accidentally put like something bad in it and you haven't seen knives out no huh um (laughs) i have not or maybe i don't know someone else yeah is that what happens not quite okay yeah maybe someone else similar kind of scenario they're playing baseball and they fall and get a concussion and maybe they think that that killed it. Or, like, whatever. They're or, like, maybe like, they're, like, playing baseball. Or, like, one of you, like, you know, they're rich people and, like, they're out, like, you know, shooting those little, polo. like, rich people discs or something. Like, that, oh, like, skeet. rich people, like, yeah, skeet shooting. And, like, you know, one of them, like, fires into, like, the, they're playing it too close to the house. One of them accidentally, like, fires into a window, walks window, like, you know, shoots into the window. Like in Narnia, whenever they hit the thing, the, ba- the baseball. Yeah. <laughs> and it goes into the window. And they think that, like, they actually, like, and they hear a thud. And, like, later they, like, really soon after they hear a scream. And they're like, oh, shit. Like, I killed them. And I have to cover it up. Mm-hmm. And I think it would be funny if the police interviewed them. And they all are, like, telling their story. And they're like, we know it's you. And they're like, no, but this happened. Like, I don't know. I feel like it'd, like, it'd be, there'd be a fun, like, interrogation kind of scene. Yeah. Of people who are, like, trying to cover it up and play it cool. Mm-hmm. Um like interrogation montage almost. Yeah, a nice and a nice interrogation montage. And like I think it'd also be funny if they were like casting the blame onto like other people. Yeah, they're like, Oh, I think you should look into this person. Or and like they know nothing that. about the fact that like the person actually does think that they did it. Yeah. Like they're like, I think I did it, but I don't want to get caught. It's so, like I'm gonna like cast this like throw this person under the bus, like not knowing that, that person is already thrown under the bus. <laughs> yeah, they also already think that they've done it, but they actually did it. I don't know. I feel like that you could have so many like just weird fun premise wacky yeah i feel like it would be like a like a com i don't feel like it's a dark comedy it's a murder mystery but like yeah like a dark comedy kind of thing where i feel like you could make it really fun i could definitely see that um reminds me a little bit of um the show i watched that i've already talked about a little bit on here when i was in quarantine of um what's it called bad sisters that's exactly what i was thinking of yeah we're like you know they're trying to kill this man and like they are actively trying to kill him they're actively trying to kill this man um, but, like, the way it actually goes down, none of them saw it coming, and, like, it's very funny to you trying to, like, watch this cat and mouse game of, like, them trying to kill him. So it's like, like a reverse version of this. Yeah, kind of, like, of. not where, like, these people are trying to kill them, but, like, they actually didn't? They, they weren't trying to, but they think that they did. Okay. But they didn't, actually. But in this one, it's, like, nobody was trying to, but they think they did, but they actually didn't. Exactly. Yeah, I feel like that would be, I feel like it could, it could, it could play out really well i think that like also too like them being so wrapped up in their own like trying to prove that they didn't do it like they completely missed the fact that like someone else actually did and like the murderer is still there the murderer is still at Ooh, large it could be cool too if we like we introduced more of like an agatha christie like and then there was one 
none. None. My bad. But yeah, I was also thinking that. Yeah, of like another murder happens and they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. I I can't do this. I wasn't one. anywhere close to it. So they're like, wait, maybe that other one, like I yes. didn't do it either. Exactly. And then they get suspicious of each other. Exactly. And they turn on each other. Yeah. But then they end fun. up working together through the power of friendship and love. Or like desperation. That too. <laughs> and survival instincts. Yeah. Um I think friendship and love would be nice, but yeah, I'm going realism here. <laughs> it is a dark comedy murder mystery, so mm-hmm. I'm not expecting. But yeah, I think much. that could be a lot of fun. I uh, I would greenlight it for sure. Um, like I feel like it's, um, you know, it's simple enough. There's not too many details to where you feel like there's only one direction you could take it. I feel right. like you could take it a lot of ways. It has like, a lot of versatility. Yeah, I mean, you could do. Um, it where one of them is the murderer but they but still like i think the whole like trying to cover it up instead of like initially trying to figure out who did it because they thought they did it is a different spin on it i think it'd also be really funny if like the detective involved was like all of these people look guilty as hell (laughs) it's like you guys are all acting really weird like and also like there is evidence pointing to every single one of you but like in weirdly different ways completely different like the autopsy like is uh or inconclusive whatever it is and like it looks like all of you were trying to kill him but also none of you were i'm really confused how y'all pulled this off like this is absolutely like just incredible but also insane like it's it's mind-blowing in a good and bad way it's like how did y'all do that but also like there's a dead person Mm -hmm. um i think it would also be funny too if like the way that he was discovered i'm assuming it's a man who died because yes of course yeah um if he was discovered like in the strangest like way possible and like like found up in a tree not hanging just in a tree or like i was thinking like leia on the kitchen island like (laughs) flat on his back prone and like just like knives through the body <laughs> like, just all throughout just stuck in him or forks yeah or like a grand piano got dropped on him or like or a safe yeah exactly and inside the safe something like his weird head is there and also. like physically comedic like that yeah just yeah. like yeah like a like a tom and jerry cartoon-esque death but real people or like it's set in a castle or something because like i'm assuming they're rich because oh. knives out yes and of like you know how they have those statues of like armor with like the swords or whatever he's found in one of those or he that or like he's found like run through with like the sword on like one of those armors but there's nobody in there but there's nobody in there that would be really cool and like in the way that you can like be like it looks like he's gonna like fell into it and got himself stabbed but it's like how do you fall into it when it's like you had you'd have the to be running into pointing it. like this too so like how did the sword come out like point out yeah. towards the person somebody must have been in there yeah exactly <gasps> imagine well imagine if they looked inside the suit and they found like a bag of chips like somebody had been ah! like hiding out in there. A bag of pork rinds. A bag of pork rinds and beef jerky is out just out there waiting. They were they were staked out waiting for him. And they just were eating snacks while they were in there. I think that'd be really funny. I think like in a flashback too of like how it actually went down. Cause you know it has to have one of those. You have to see how it went down. Like you just like see like the the suit of armor just like casually like grab a bag of pork rinds, bring it to the mouth manually open like the faceplate and like shove a but you can only in. see the mouth part yeah. so you're trying to figure it out and then you see him like 
You see the, the armor, like, at, in the middle of the night, sneak into the bathroom and lose the bathroom <laughs> and come back out and just wait with his new bag of pork rinds. Just... <laughs> I'm just, like, eating it while they're waiting. I'm like, that's a cool comedy of, like, hearing footsteps and be like, like, trying to, like, rustle the bag somewhere that, like, they can't find it and be like, yeah, and like, like the suit of armor. Is yeah, just, just waiting. Yeah, funny. I think <laughs> should we produce this one as well? <laughs> I think we have some really good ideas. I mean, without oil money, we can do it. Without oil money, oil money. Sorry, oil the, money. the mention of pork rinds just brought it out. Brought of me. the Georgia out of you. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> the oil money. The oil money. <laughs> I mean, it's old money. That's where all those rich people. Oh yeah, that's what they got. Mm. That oil money. Mm. The oil money. That oil money. Honey. <laughs> um, but yeah, I would green like this for sure. A hundred percent. I just now have a, just the visual of, it, of, it would of, be a, of a so funny. suit of armor man. <laughs> well, but imagine like they get stuck <laughs> in this and like trying to like find like they're like driving to the grocery store like trying to find like just like normal ways to just exist. Yes. Or what if like the skeet shooting thing that I was talking about? What if what happened with that? Was that, like, right after the murder took place. Or, like, yeah, right after the murder took place. They hopped into it? No, they're still in the suit of armor. The murderer's still in the suit of armor. The, like, bullet shoots through the window, hits him, like, in the suit of armor, and, like, bounces off. And, like, ricochets him. Then but then he falls onto the sword as well. <laughs> and they're like, this, he was shot. and But, like, he was also stabbed. He was also stabbed, but just once. And shot just once so it's like but like even i mean physics wise like the bullet didn't go in all the way but like, the bullet's like only like partially in did not go that deep enough to kill him yeah but like what if like he's already been stabbed like the person's like already dead or like dying and then, like right after like the murder's complete like he still has like a sword in the body the suit armor does sword in the body then the bullet comes through she's in there bounces off ricochets into the body and he's just like and then he screams and they're like what <laughs> yeah and then they're like what happened and then he's like oh hold like he's just like dropped the sword and like they're like there's a missing suit of armor mm -hmm. and a trail of pork rinds <laughs> <laughs> and like for the actual murder you can have like a clue or like in that of him having like maybe a band-aid on his forehead the actual murderer does and like it's because you know like the bullet went ricochet left like a little bit of a bruise or something I like, don't think that makes physical right. sense because, mm -hmm. like, how would it have ricocheted off of the helmet? That's what I'm saying. But I'm saying, like, it would have been off the helmet, not his true, head. True. But, like, I don't know. I feel like. But I would like some kind of. It's an old suit of armor. It's not that good, probably at this point. Yeah, but I'm thinking, like, I mean, could it okay, dent okay. the suit of armor enough to bruise? What if it did dent the suit of armor and, like, that's the thing of, like, you know, they find, like, a half-buried suit of armor with, like, the <laughs> helmet is, like, has a little bit of a half-buried suit of armor with, like, a dent in the helmet. Like, a little dent in the, or, like, okay. a scratch on the helmet. It's yeah. Like, what? That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't know, I'm thinking. We're no, brainstorming. We're bra we are there brainstorming. There are no bad ideas in brainstorming. <laughs> I mean... I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to offend. I it's just. Okay. I was just trying to think about this rationally, but I think I'm that's sensitive. my problem. I'm sensitive. It's okay. I think rational, rationality. 
you know we need like both big ideas and also like rationality to like be like yeah. okay to bring it back i like down. where you're going with this but like it won't work yeah okay yeah i, I can be that for you shady Thank dean shady dean shady dean and said the squid i don't like that yeah uh-uh. the superpower of a squid i think that's <laughs> um lackluster sorry it's okay i i know that was the first thing we're gonna i'm gonna have to change it i i can't i can't have squid powers i'm sorry well let me know what you come up with okay i will we did it we've made it to the end yeah episode five it's a marathon not a race I mean, marathons are races, though. It's a marathon, not a sprint. That's the one. (laughs) (laughs) It's a marathon, not a race. I mean... (laughs) If you couldn't tell, I have never never run a marathon. I mean, a sprint is also a race. Yeah. See, I... So it kind of worked, but not... It didn't. It didn't. It's okay. okay. I misremembered. It's all good. (laughs) All right. Trying to give you the benefit of the doubt. Don't. Okay. Fine. I won't. (laughs) Um, but yeah, thank yeah. you guys for sticking in, hanging in with us, mm-hmm. sticking it out. Both phrases and neither. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> words have We're, started to fail me. Word? Word. We have done here. We have run out. So. See us next time when our word balance has refilled itself. Did you say see us six time or next time? See us next time. I heard six time and I'm like, well. Next episode will be our six times. It next episode will be our six and get a free episode for free at Spotify.com <laughs> or Apple Podcasts. I mean, they are always free, but we appreciate unless you want to pay. Unless you want to pay, we wouldn't protest. We wouldn't protest, but who? Hey, hey. Who, can, who can resist a good deal of free ninety nine? free 99 yes so thank you all for listening uh-huh, uh-huh. you can like we said um check us out on spotify or apple podcast or the anchor app or the anchor app or website and you can also like we have mentioned see follow us on instagram at word word official and email us any questions comments or concerns at word word official at gmail.com if you feel so inclined you may also do the same at our word word official instagram again our message box is empty we are waiting by the phone we are so lonely we are desperately waiting for you like the longer you not contact us the more this is becoming part of mine city's own tragic backstories so that is true and the more we wither away just withering just withering not weathering not weathering heights withering heights withering heights yeah we are rapunzel in that tower height withering withering away huh word association <laughs> that's what we are but yeah we would love to uh to hear from you if you if you want to we would love the chance to connect with you to keep it real to make some good friends to make some good friends because that's what we're all about here friends friendship and love, love and desperation and desperation <laughs> And words. Word. Word. All right, cool. It's been real. It's been real. We'll see you later. Bye. Bye.